0: The ACC's Daily Agenda Podcast, powered by Musashi. Good morning and welcome into a Tuesday edition of the Daily Agenda, powered by Musashi. My name is Minaya Stewart. His name is Mike Lane. Good morning, G-Lane. How are you? Yeah, good. That's good. That's good. Good. We missed out on a bit of news yesterday, didn't we? We missed out on yeah. actually a couple of bits of news. and yeah. this is Well, this is the thing about a daily podcast, you know. Things are going to happen that don't quite fit our timeline. Yep. So, you know, we've got, we've got to address them when we can, and uh, we can right now. So I want to start with this one. Shane Van Gisbergen onto the front stretch. He comes to the checkered flag. So by my calculations, that's the first time in 60 years someone's won their first ever NASCAR race. I don't understand. I mean, this is awesome. Oh,
1: it's amazing. This is this is big. Yeah, SVG has won a NASCAR race, and I think the advantage. A few things went his way. Yeah, you got to say it's a street Street race race. in Chicago. Um, because normally NASCAR, because basically NASCAR is V8s in America. Yes. So it's the big buffers. Um, but, they can smash into each other. But and normally you you associate them with the Daytona 500, yeah. and they go around in circles and smash into each other.
0: And yeah. it's, it's Ricky Bobby. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you're not first, you're last. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that yeah.
1: But this one was a street race. It was raining, but still he has beaten every single other NASCAR driver yeah. out there. It just
0: shows the skill level he's got as opposed yeah. to just hanging it going left. Yeah, and it was the excitement as well because it was like in the last five laps, he was still overtaking people to win. Yeah. You know, whereas in like Formula One, even to be honest, uh, supercars can be a little bit boring in that respect. You know, pits being the only time people are overtaken and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, it was out of control. Uh, They still don't know what to make of him over there in in America. Here's one of the... uh, He's one of the blokes trying to talk about him. Whatever his name is, ben. SVG, some Ben <laughs> Burger, I don't know, Hamburger. He he's fast. That's <laughs> all I know. He's fast.
1: He's fast. They would have been like, "Who's this crazy Kiwi goddamn motherfucker who's come over here and is like overtaking on corners like
0: the commentators didn't know what his name was either. So they that, were calling that, him Hamburger too. They, well, SVG is better, isn't it? But um, yeah,
1: is this? The st- I mean, look, perfect for him
0: because it's a street race. That's his. that's yeah. his bread and butter. That's where he, he lives. Would,
1: he would have gone over there and gone, "What are these guys all just kind of?" They yeah. got slightly bung left shoulders just from doing that. Yeah. Like on yeah, this yeah. car, just
0: going around in circles. And we'll be like, God, that's boring. Oh, wait, we're going to do this one on the street?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sweet. In. Okay, I'm in. perfect. Great call by that team that brought him in um, yeah. for that one race, yeah. uh, the street race in the rain 100%. in Chicago. They're like,
0: boom. Do we have anyone out there that does this for a job? Oh yeah, they do it over in Australia. Sweet, we'll get an Australian over. And he's like, Oh, I'm actually from New Zealand. And go, oh, well, okay, well, oh, whatever. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Get in the car. Get in the car, Aussie. Um, shout out to Tom Sat who sent us the the clip on Instagram for that that audio of the that, hamburger. The, of the hamburger. But it always makes me wonder when things like this happen. Are American sports actually not that hard? You know, like when you see um Valentine Holmes make a practice squad for an NFL team and things like that. And you know Americans because they're so over the top and they overblow all of their sports. It makes me wonder, like, is it actually not that hard? I think it's quite hard. <laughs> I, I mean, think it's maybe. quite hard.
1: You got hundred and fifty million people wanting to play these sports. Like it's not like New Zealand. Yeah. Whereas okay, we'll see the odd freak over like SVG. Yeah. Uh, and they'll do well. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like hundreds of Kiwis are doing really well in American sports. You, there are a handful of them. Yeah, that's right. Stephen Adams, SVG yeah. now.
0: Like there's yeah. not many. No, yeah. If any. Eh, I don't know. I like to think that it's not that hard. Um, but massive <laughs> okay. for, for SVG. And now he's back again, and he's racing this weekend back in Australia. Well, I don't understand. Like, motorsports seems to be the one sport where you can just hop around in any old league, and they don't really care. Nah, it's awesome. And how big – I mean, he will have one
1: big swinging dick when he arrives back in the Aussie oh, 100%, V8. 100%. If he's down the big Port's going – yeah. what's up, boys? What's up? <laughs> yeah. He's just nuts. He might as well just take his pants off, yeah. and just walk down with massive nuts down the down pit lane.
0: Yeah. Busy week, fellas. What, what do you yeah, guys what get you, up to? You guys do a bit of practice. Oh no, I've been over to the states for a bit. Yeah. Oh yeah, just a bit of a holiday, a bit of a holiday. Got to drive in and uh, no, other yeah, than that, it's been in good. Chicago and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um massively proud of uh, SVG. The burger, the hamburger, the, b- the hamburger. He's fast, <laughs> He's man. Fast. He's fast. <laughs> uh, something else that we didn't get a chance to get around to yesterday uh, was this. This is going to be dandy. This is an absolute doozy judge. Oh, oh.
1: Over the moon, really, but bit lost for words. I don't know what
0: happened, but yeah, that, those last few holes were just, uh, yeah, going to take a while, a while to process, I think. Well, that was the absolute dandy work of Dan Hillier there. Um, yeah, yeah, this is unreal. Bri- yeah.
1: British Masters, he took out. Yeah. This is golfer talking. how
0: did he finish the last four holes? Yeah, so he went, I think it was Eagle, Birdie, Eagle, Birdie again? No, I think he, he parred the, last, he one, parred but the it was, last one, but it was, he had a save
1: for par. Like he chipped <laughs> in, for, like it, was yeah. a, it was a massive save for par yeah. to win the tournament. So he went
0: Eagle birdie, eagle part to take out the British Masters. And and importantly, one of the things that I think you want to do if you're winning one of these tournaments is you want to hit an impressive putt as your last shot because yeah. that's the clip that everyone plays. And he did do that. It was, you know, it was like three or four metres. It wasn't an easy, it wasn't a gimme. Yeah, and he won just almost close to a million bucks. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't believe that when I saw that. He's come out
1: of nowhere. I mean, he's 26. Yep. But apparently those who are in the know uh, in the yeah. golf world know about um, Dan Hillier. He's, he's yeah. been on the scene for a while. He's been on that DP tour. The but double now, penetration to The it. double penetration. I love the this, the Dubai Ports, and I used to live in Dubai. Yeah, uh, and I used to drive past the uh, the DP uh, sign daily. DP, it was, but over there, it's called. Oh, it's called the it's, Dubai Ports. Yeah, but it's but it's DP World. So I used to go about a big sign that would go left here to Jeez, DP World. We need and a whole world of it every day. I shit you not. Every day I would crack a smile thinking it was double, double penetration world.
0: I worked down at the I worked down at the ports in the lockdown, and I was trying to convince the company that I worked for to rebrand themselves as Port Hub and just have the full <laughs> Port Hub logo with just Port Hub written over the top. Uh, of it. they weren't keen. But I was like, you're telling me that every shipping company in the world wouldn't use you if you had Port Hub just yep, for the
1: lols? Totally. But d- uh, yeah, DP World. That is, I mean, they've got a lot of money, uh, Dubai. By ports, but, yeah. so, but more importantly, he's booked himself a spot in the British Open, um, in the
0: Open Championship in Royal Liverpool yep. later this month, so good on you, Dan
1: Hilliard, yeah, what a
0: way to close it out. I know, and just, I don't know, there's something about winning a golf tournament, just what it takes to win, it's just that kind of, you can't fluke it, you know, yeah. it's 18 holes of just being in the absolute zone, and how often do we see the world's best, like, just completely blow a gasket, and <laughs> he was even saying, like, it's going to take him a long time to um, to digest that, so... It's, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's a hell of a, an accomplishment. Go Kiwi. When it comes to the doping, would you do it again? If you take me back to 1995, when it was completely and totally pervasive, They'd probably do it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is the world's greatest drug cheat, Lance Armstrong, who won the uh, Tour de France about 350 million times. Yeah. Um, the Tour de France is, what, kicking that, off soon? Yes, kicks
1: off this weekend. Um, and it's, there's a great, like all sports now, there's a great uh, Netflix series of on course. it. Of um, course. And, it, you know, it actually, like, Formula One mm. and... Cycling are very similar because they're quite a complex sport. Mm. Tour de France is quite complex, a lot more complex than I ever thought. Yeah. In terms of teams, leaders, how they operate, stages. the sprinters, the stages, you know, and how they actually operate as a team.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so it actually kind of demystifies that a little bit and tells yeah. a few
0: stories. So it's actually a good watch. Particularly the team part of it, you know, because these these Tour de France teams have X amount of players, people in there, but there's always it's the same with the Formula One guys, yeah. there's always a little bit of tension within oh, yeah, the team. Yeah. Like, this, well, why hate the guy? And, and why then, how come because if you're a cyclist you have to lead the guy out, yep. you know, and sometimes you've got to take these massive punishing rides just so he can sit on your wheel.
1: Yeah, it's, it's uh it's all in this series it's and political. it's political and and also the team, half the team are just slaves to the two leaders. I've got to bring them food, they're gonna bring them water. Oh, and I've really? got to like take the headwinds, they're gonna take them to the front. Then you've got sprinters. They all look a little bit like Kate Moss on wheels. Like yes. they are tiny apart from the sprinters who are like got these skinny upper bodies, these massive thighs. Yeah.
0: Um there's just no amount you can eat when you exercise that that much. Like, yeah. I grew up with uh, Holly Edmonston, who's an Olympic cyclist. She went to the last Olympics yeah. um, and her brothers. And I did, a, I did a couple of races thinking, oh, this could be my new thing. And this, you know, you take turns, get, get sitting on the front. Yeah. And um, so I took a turn, and there was this girl behind me I was like oh you take a lap she's like no no I'm buggered I was like okay so I led us all the way back right on the finish line she rolled me um, and I just led her for about 10k's and I was just like fuck this sport I'll never play again <laughs> well
1: apparently um, this is uh, info I'm going to throw at you from the docker you you use 40% less energy yep. when you're drafted behind another, another biker do. so you can see um, how they do it but here's a bit yeah. of I'm going to hit you with a bit of Tour de France knowledge because there's going to be some middle aged men in Lycra in your office who will be talking it so mm-hmm. there's 176 cyclists there's 22 teams. Um, of eight so there's eight members of each team usually with one leader one sprinter they'll cover three and a half thousand that's kilometres um, and they cycle every day they have two days off they cycle every day for three consecutive weeks and the two days off they actually don't stop because they have they actually still exercise because they're afraid of cramping up oh, so yeah. basically their body's in a constant state of motion because they have one day off and they start cramping up <laughs> for three weeks yeah um, they've got mountains the cobblestones are brutal yeah um and there is the price money is actually not that much. Uh, first place is only um, like 500,000 US. So Dan Hillier just won twice that much. Yeah. I mean, the money is in the sponsorship and everything 100%. else, but uh, th- it seems a bit low. Second place is only 220 grand, third place. 110 grand. Is that for the person or for the team? That's for the person, but it okay. goes to the team. It yeah, goes right. to the team. There are other prizes as well for King of the Mountain and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it started, uh, this is the 110th year this year. Um, it started actually by a French newspaper called Le Auto, um, who was on the verge of shutting down and to um, turn it, they basically said, let's um, do a cycle race and deliver newspapers. <laughs>
0: Is that, uh, is that what it was? Yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> and the Tour de France was launched in 1903 and it was a massive hit and Le Auto's circulation increased 160% from 25,000 to 65,000 newspapers delivered daily in their first uh, events first year. They didn't deliver them, but it was just a, a, a promotion to see how yeah. much circulation they had. They would cycle around France. Um, and then it was shut down uh, in the war um, because Le Auto was taken over by the Nazis oh, okay. and they were like, oh, we don't want to do a cycle race um, so, An then, cycle race. But then it was moved to another French newspaper called L'Equipe, uh, and L'Equipe uh, carried on that, and then they sold it to a, a private company in 1965 called Amore Sport Organisation, ASO it's called, and I've run it oui. ever since 1965. But uh, the broadcast rights make up most of it. Uh, 55% of the <laughs> revenue is broadcast rights, obviously. Um, yeah,
0: it's mad. Like, there's... I think it's like three billion people watch it when it's, it's on. It is absolutely insane, and also they've got
1: sponsorship makes it forty, and hosts, yeah. the, hosts the city's pay to host it. So right. um, that can be anywhere from six million euros to five hundred thousand euros, depending on if because at the start they do a big three-day festival at the start. Yeah, and that's usually somewhere else because I think this year it's in Spain. It's not even France. Oh right. Last year it was in Scandinavia. They've started in London before. Yeah right. Um, so, they Quite, use it, so
0: the race starts there. Yeah yeah. So oh, they shit. do the
1: first leg, and then they go to France, and then yeah, they, and they start. It. It's a way of obviously making a bit of cash, but yeah, uh, also um, promoting it. But I've got some water cool effects here for you. Yes please. Okay. Uh Many Tour de France riders shared cigarettes while racing uh, throughout the 1920s, with the idea being that smoking helped open the lungs before big climbs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they'll be able, hit the, be
0: able to hit the Pyrenees Just about to hit the Pyrenees And they just crushing camels Look, as someone who has smoked a full pack of darts On a Saturday night And then tried to go and do a bloody bike class At the gym on a Monday <laughs> Open the lungs up, it does not
1: uh, The yellow jersey was picked you know, This is the leader uh, um, of the was picked Simply because the French newspaper That started it in 1903 uh, Lyoto, was printed on yellow paper Oh. Uh, and it was just part of the advertising strategy As the leader would wear the same colour jersey as the newspaper. That makes um, sense. The Tour de France is just two rest days, as I was saying, over the three weeks. Yeah. Um, the Tour de France um, has a lot of constants from year to year, including the time. It's always in July. Yep. Uh, the format, time trials with stages,
0: and it always ends on the Champs-Élysées in oh, Paris. No. It brings uh, the city to its knees. I've been in Paris <laughs> when the um, Tour de France comes in. You yeah. can't go anywhere. Everything's yeah. shut down. But
1: the actual route, the riders' take between that changes every year. So yeah. it's not the same. So it goes through, obviously you go through different towns and cities. Uh, and the cyclist, the original winner of the Tour de France, his average speed, his name was Maurice Gallien. Sure. His average speed was 16 miles per hour and he won the Tour de France. Uh, now it's 25 miles per hour. Holy shit. Well, it makes speed. sense. It is, yeah, totally. Look at the bikes. Look what they <laughs> yeah. were wearing back then. They, they basically had Raleigh 20s. Well, and no they were smoking darts <laughs> <laughs> on BMXs. <laughs> uh, and you were talking about... Uh, The kind of nutrition or what you can eat and get away with as a cyclist. uh, Each team uh, brings 4,000 nutrition bars, which they smash through on the road. uh, 20 jars of jam, apparently high in sugar. Right. uh, And uh, 3,000 bottles of water, plus hundreds of pounds of nuts, raisins, apricots, and figs. How are they eating that jam? Uh, I think they put in a, I think it's like breakfast. Like a gel? It's just high energy, high calorie. They just smash through it. Get on the fish uh, and chips. Yeah, but this—if um, you want to just pretend like you, you care—the um, favourite this year is uh, Vingegaard. He won last year. The uh, Vingegaard is Derming. coming, and <laughs> then Jonas Vingegaard from Denmark, um, and Slovenia's uh, pogotcha. Bogacha he won it two years pre- before that. Right. Um, so it's always between Bogacha and Vingegaard from Denmark. So just throw it out there, just be at the water cooler and go, "Oh, you catch the still Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Vingegaard. How's, eh? Yeah. How's he going? How's Bogaccia
1: going? How's yeah, Bogaccia uh, how, how going? Is Vingegaard? Just say Vingegaard, Bogacha Like Boggaard, Vingegaard, man. it's like you know, V with a V from Denmark. And oh, how's that Slovenian Bogaccia? Oh. And uh, you, and you'll be like, sweet. And you go, "Hey, did you know they used to smoke dairies?" Yeah. Could you believe? <laughs> and they've gone up ten miles an hour on average. So yeah, that starts this week. Again, Tour de France. It's actually horrendous viewing times. So it's like um, late at night.
0: Uh, but you just want to watch the highlights anyway. Uh,
1: absolutely. They do a magnificent half-hour highlights um,
0: package, which is which is all you need to see. Yeah. You just, all you want to see is the crashes and then see who's winning, really.
1: Oh, they talk about that in the docker. They go, I know everyone watching just wants crashes, but it's a nightmare for us. And these guys like... They're going like 100 kilometres an hour downhill. The only oh, thing to protect them is a piece of light Yeah. and the helmet. Road Forget rash about it is so much road There's rash. There's one
0: the other day, uh, a few years ago. The video was doing the rounds. The guy just went off the side of the bridge. Oh, gone
1: now there's another one from a few years ago where the sprinter and they talk about it this oh, yes, podcast so he goes one. into the pedestrian barrier and he nearly died Yeah. and he's back and he won the first stage of uh, the second stage
0: of Tour de France last oh, I don't know year. how you could get your confidence back after that his
1: face basically got reconstructed <laughs> and, like, and the guy who bumped him into the fence they like kind of quickly pass over that guy because I think I yeah. might have killed
0: him <laughs> alright well I feel primed for the uh, Tour de France <laughs> Uh, the nickname's bracket rages on. Yesterday it was Mad Eye Moody versus Cody's 8%. Oh, Cody's
1: 8% took it
0: out. And Cody's 8% took it out. Shit. People feel a lot of fondness for Cody's 8%. Yeah, well, they do actually. It's everyone's twittering a wah Yeah, today <laughs> we've got another massive, um, massive match-up and it is the Sexy Chamel versus After David. Now, look, I don't stand by that After David is a nickname. I just don't think it's what the ACC is about. Okay. <laughs> Get out of here. You've Aaron been read- Smith.
1: You've been reading like a couple of comments from a couple of wounders on social media
0: yeah, like, come on, guys, a bit clever than that. No, 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 I interviewed Aaron Smith a few, <laughs> uh, about a month ago and we haven't been able to release it yet because it's been held up at uh, the legal end and I don't really know what, what's happening. But I think it could have something to the fact... To do with the fact that we've posted two pictures of him, one is After David, one is Dick Pick, and maybe we'll never hear that interview.
1: Wow, God. Uh, look. So i mean, I'd just
0: like to distance myself hey, from um, those
1: uh, nicknames. I've, <laughs> had to, I've had to face that head on when, um, <laughs> when Matt Heath absolutely bottled it uh, in a bus when we were at the Black Clash and sat next to Aaron Smith thinking, oh, no, I'm going next to Aaron Smith, and they started chatting away. And then Aaron Smith started asking about what his nicknames. Immediately, immediately, uh, Matt Heath just yells out, Lane. Aaron Smith wants to talk to you, and got up and just walked off. And I sat down and said, "Get him!" And he goes, "Get him!" Man. And I was like, "Hey, my nickname He's like, you piece of shit." Hey, uh, "Are you piece. Of- <laughs> and I was like, oh, come on, man, like, It's just a bit of. He goes, "Oh, my mum listens to the ACC." Ah, oh, god, yeah. <laughs> okay,
0: okay. There's a culture of blame shifting here at the ACC. <laughs> totally. <laughs> we I walked
1: to- straight into it as well. We need
0: to knock it on the head. But yeah. with all that said, uh, sexy Camel after David for you. Who- uh, sexy Kamal. Yeah. Uh,
1: sexy Kamal. And I say sexy Kamal because I'll never forget we uh, we did the whole. We are lucky enough to travel a lot and we get Crow mm-hmm. Lounge passes. And mm-hmm. when we're traveling with the cricket, we often find ourselves with the New Zealand cricket team in the lounge. Yeah. And we'd be dangerously hungover or probably still drunk. And we'd be doing – when you order your coffee, they make it in – especially in Wellington, there's this um, small Malaysian dude that makes them in Wellington with a great accent. And he yeah. really gives it something. He tries to pronounce <laughs> your name. And uh, uh, we're sitting next to um, Tim Southey, and I'd put sexy camel on my coffee. Yeah. And uh, – uh, the guy behind the counter goes, La macchiata for Sexy Camel.
0: <laughs> and the Tim think it was and, for him? And
1: he goes, Sexy Camel.
0: <laughs> I think it's so good. So, I call him. so Sexy Camel all the way for me. Okay. <laughs> After that story, because I can't associate myself with the other one, I'm all in the Sexy
1: Camel. Sexy well. I'm all
0: in on the Musashi's New Protein chalk Block as well, packs a punch 15 grams of protein, less than 6 grams of sugar Per serve, so you can cheat the cheat day um, More prize packs to give away And we've we'll got the details of some of the winners as well To give you tomorrow, I'll yeah. bring back half-baked Sports ideas for tomorrow as well And we will see you then for another edition of The Daily Agenda, powered by Musashi CC's Daily Agenda Podcast, powered by Musashi.